Hello, nasty little gamers. Welcome back to The Takes It Took. I'm your host this week with uh, Stefan inside the body. Yeah. <laughs> we also have... Who's, who's, who's fronting right now? Um... Gor- Gorlax. <laughs> Gorlax. Gorlax. Hey, Gorlax. Gorlax has come. Stefan will will be back later. But, uh, I feel like people are listening and being like, am I listening to the right podcast? The answer is yes. Yes. Yeah, they, they should know. If they, they have listened to anything else, gamers. they would know. Yeah. The nasty little gamers that they've come to the right place. Anyway, this is we the takes have... it took. <laughs> Welcome back. We may have alienated some of our old, older audiences, but... Hello, we're here. We're gonna talk about movies and, and stuff. we have a new setup, so I hope audio is better for you guys now. I guess we each or it's worse. Oh, that would suck if that was. Fuck the case. you guys. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> no, I like you guys. You're pretty cool. If the mics are busted, dude, we'll fix dude, it, dude. I promise. Hey, hey, dude. My mom, my mom might be watching this. Oh fuck. I'm so sorry. You, my mom might be watching this. Stefan's mom, I'm sorry. You're a lovely lady, and you raised a wonderful child. Except this is Gorlax, so this I don't know. Gorlax, <laughs> so you did a bad job. Gorlax, Gorlax might be was a able bit to of a take dick. over. Maybe that's what I should do. I should have an alter ego for these, and then that way I feel less bad about how I how I do. Because it's not me; it's my alter ego, like Slim Shady, or Ziggy Stardust, Snoop Lion, Tom Hanks. What? Welcome back, <laughs> guys. We're gonna talk about train spotting today, but before that, let's talk about uh, something recently we've watched. As we do, what's what's? Oh what's, yeah, what's I good, forgot that good. we do that. Yeah, we do that. You got to think of something. Oh, I don't have I, anything in my head. Neither do I. I, I completely well, forgot we did this bit every time. Yeah. I will say it's been a little bit longer since our last episode. Mm, yes. I mean, the folks episode. at home don't know that. Yeah. What's episode. the bit? I gotta figure Excuse out the me? bit. Not like this. I gotta figure out the bit that we do, like the movie bit, like the the bit that we're doing right now, where we say our favorite movie. Yeah. You just have to figure, figure it out. You just gotta figure out. Oh, you gotta figure out what movie okay. you want to talk about. Do you have a movie? Um. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what I've watched recently. Um. I think the two that stand out to me are that. Uh, last night we watched. The Coen Brothers Miller's Crossing, which I really enjoyed. I thought mm-hmm, that was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, a little complex right off the bat with so many names. I had to really focus and try to figure out who was who for a second. Got there at the end. And then I also watched um, Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love, which mm. I thought was stunning. I think the editing was really cool. Um, it was just kind of like a very classic, you know, like 40s kind of romance drama. Okay. But very, um, very beautiful, and yeah, I really liked it. Um, I've watched a lot of movies, as I do. Um, I rewatched a movie. I went to a lovely, nice theater with a mid kind of person, but Gorlax thinks they're rather lovely. Um, and I watched a movie called The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. It's a mouthful. Never it's seen it. A splendid film. Well, that's because I went with someone lovely. Um, you said they I were mid. You, yeah, I thought you said they were mid. Well, I, I want the audience to be clear that it was me. I went with him. 
<laughs> yes, but you also claimed that you hadn't seen it, so you were yeah, also... Because you called me mid. I was not going to uh, admit mid. that I'm I mid. Mean, okay. I saw this movie. I know this movie. I've seen it a couple times before. I think it's good. Mariah, you can be mid, as us all. We all have the capacity to be mid and cringe. But mm, the assassination That's of based. Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford is based. It was very good. Yeah. It was very good. I think it's a good movie. Nice. Okay, Miles. I so I actually did I rewatched a lot of rewatching going on. Um I rewatched Paranorman. The oh. hit like a film. I've never seen it. I've seen oh, it. Get I, ready. I've seen it like twice. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. Stop yeah. motion. I remember enjoying it. It's got a kid that's used ghosts and a witch. I get and pretty decent it's visual it. comedy. Now, Miles, let me pick on something you said. You said get ready? Is that what you said? You yeah. said something along those lines? Yeah. Is that going to be a podcast? That, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're going to watch Paranormal. Okay, cool. Yeah, I will say, I feel like each episode we top ourselves with just like how unhinged the intro is. Yeah. This one was truly all over the place. So if you're still listening. It's, it was unhinged, but I feel like in a good, I feel like there was like a, a common chord. That, I don't know. I've had, I felt good. About it's going to be funny because people are going to watch the like, first episode. They're like, oh, look at these professionals talking about movies they like. And then by this point, they're like, these guys are fucking That's bonkers. good, though. They want it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it, we have the little viewer right here, right next to me. I've got, I've got my hand on your, your hand. Never mind. Yeah, You're Stephen here with is, us. You're yeah, Stefan is holding viewer. your hand. I like to pretend the viewers here and they just can't speak or communicate to us in any form. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, like the, the one World War One veteran who like lost all his senses and so he was just sort of trapped in his body. Oh, um you know. I know the yeah. Yeah, so that's our What's audience. that <laughs> what is that book called? Um there's a Metallica song. Oh, on um, it too. um uh, like Johnny Metallica. got his gun or like something like that. Yeah. I don't. I it's don't, most yeah. definitely something a lot. It's yeah. blank. Got his gun. Yeah. Why are we talking about? That's this? our audience. They're just. That's the audience. They're stuck in their head are, listening, and they can't. Yeah. They can't communicate. They can't reach out to us. But they we're can't, here. We're here for them. They regardless. can't see. They can't hear. They can't talk. They have no limbs. They can't hear. Okay, in our version, Shit. they can hear. Okay, they in can hear. In our version, they can hear. They can hear. Landmines Land and bombs do not take their hearing. Yeah, they're they're good on that end. It's like to the. To the pain. <laughs> to the pain from Princess Bride? From the Princess Bride. They're, so they are blind. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they yeah. can hear so that everybody can hear can, the anguishing yeah. screams yeah. of every child that weeps at the sight of your yeah. fucked up face. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure they didn't say That's our audience with movie. us right here. And every They're once in a while, I get them a spoonful <laughs> of pudding and I go. Our audience is Prince Humperdinck. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm sure they love that. All right. I would love to be Prince Humber. Are you kidding me? He was the best hunter in the kingdom. <laughs> he could track a falcon on a cloudy he day. He could. That will also be another I episode. I don't know. I won't say that. I'll talk about it later. But <laughs> you I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. It'll be an episode later on. Something to look um, forward to. But anyway, I feel like we have talked a bit. We should start talking about yeah, the meat. We, talked we should a get lot to the meat. It. We chewed the fat and out of the meat. What's the rumpus, guys? What is the... What's the rumpus? What is train We're in spotting? the rumpus room. What's in this room? What's in this rumpus room is train spotting. Mariah, how would you summarize the first half of the film's train spotting? Thanks for asking, Stefan. Today, Junior. 
It follows this guy named Renton, mm-hmm. who is played by Ewan McGregor, and his group of friends, who are all kind of assholes, and they're all heroin addicts. And so, at one point, Renton tries to, like, get off and get clean, and his other friend, Sick Boy, also brags about how easy it is for him to get clean and, like, not get clean and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the first part, it's mostly them just getting high and then a, okay. a baby dies okay good good i was waiting for that miles finish it so a baby dies it's very sad it's extremely sad and they go oh bump, bump, bump. at a boomp editor bump, bump. and then they go back to doing heroin and then golly renton actually does get clean his parents kind of force him yeah, to get he, clean because he, he robs a bank and he's trying to get clean during their bank robbery, so the judge kind of lets him off, I think. And I then, think the chronology of that is all skewed off, but yeah, he, he tries to get clean, and then... He moves to London. He moves to London, he gets away from he all his friends. He gets away from all his friends, and he's actually like doing really well for himself, but then his friends slowly trickle back in and start living with him, and start influencing him in a really bad way. And then, is it Begbie who suggests it? Yes. The, the big yeah. um, heroin deal. And so they need to test that the heroin is pure, so Ren does heroin again. Well, but then um, they sell it, they get money, and then Renton steals the money and walks away. But he does leave just a little bit for Spud, who is the friend who has been kind of nice the whole yeah. time. Head it's, shaped like a Spud, yep. like a potato. He has my favorite scene where he's high at a, at a work interview. Mm. Very funny. But I will yeah. say... To the, the friend that I have not been mentioning is Begbie, and he's just a dick. And I'll talk about that later, because I've got a lot of feelings yeah. about him. Good good job, guys. Oh, he we didn't... forgot about the friend who gets AIDS and dies. Oh, my God. We don't oh care about God. him. Yeah, that was horrible. There's there's They have a friend named Tommy, yeah. who is the one clean one out of the group, but then he goes through a bad breakup, and then he tries heroin. And then he's the one out of all of them who he gets, like, super hooked, and then um, he, he gets AIDS and he dies, and it's... Horrible, but it's also kind of like a wake-up call for Renton. Boo-womp. It's What's horrible is that, like, this movie is intense and really shows how bad heroin is, and we're just going, boo-womp, for a dead baby and for a Uh-oh. guy who died of AIDS. Oh, your baby died because oh you were busy doing <laughs> heroin? Okay, let's get back on track. Yeah, Stefan, well. what you got for us today? Directed by Danny Boyle, starring Ewan McGregor. And others. And another Ewan. And uh, another Ewan. I'll get there. I have a whole section on the casting. But oh, I thought you were like gonna be like there was a battle between the Ewans. There's a battle between the Ewans. The battle. The battle of the bastards. Yeah. Um, Hey, don't you dare call Ian McGregor a bastard. (laughs) He's a national treasure. He's a. He's not one of ours though. He's not American. He's not one of ours. He's not. No. No. Is he British? British. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, he's a he's a bastard. <laughs> yeah, he's a bastard. Gosh. Um, that sucks. He oh well. Is a British national treasure though. I mean you gotta yeah. like you gotta be willing to let him go sometimes, you know? You never have. Okay. Enough with the with the train spotting. Well Enough about the train <laughs> That's the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you follow us on next social media. Um, I mean, this is going to be kind of a... I'm sort of leaving a lot of room for us to sort of riff and go off here. Yeah, because yeah. Especially since there's there's not a whole lot to talk about, per se, with this movie in terms of like production. But we'll get into it. So, uh, Train Spotting was a book by an author, Irvine Welsh. This book was read by a producer named... 
Andrew McDonald. Okay. He's the a frequent... Hit, the hit producer, Andrew McDonald. Oh, I was going to say hit food chain Andrew owner. McDonald? Yeah, Andrew McDonald. Andrew owner, the Clown McDonald. Owner of Burger King. Heroin <laughs> fast food RS. We call that in the business a misdirect. <laughs> Anyways. Andrew, got him. <laughs> Andrew McDonald, yes. producer, works with Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle's the director of this film. Danny Boyle has done one movie prior to this called Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave's important to the production of this movie because, because it uses almost entirely the same crew and it also had Ewan McGregor in it. And because of his work on Shallow Grave, Danny Boyle was like going into this, I want Ewan. Like he, he didn't even... He didn't even really need to audition for it. He was just like, we want him. He's going to play that role. No one. Um, but this producer, Andrew McDonald, read this book on a plane and was like, this would be a good movie. And, and so the then, he it, and then, <laughs> then he brought it to Dan Boyle and he said, yeah, this would be good. That's that. That's um, a good job. The biggest difficulty they had was getting the rights to it from the author. They kind of struggled off and on with this for a little bit. The author, the author had been approached a couple of times by a bunch of different people to make the movie. And what was interesting, I find this very interesting, is he denied them because the people who, the other people wanted to make the movie wanted to make it sort of more like Art Hills, Art House and like poetic. And then Danny Boyle came up and he was like, I want this to be like exciting and like a blockbuster essentially. Like I want a lot of people to see this. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, That's I'll go different. With you. The Not author, Irvine Welsh, gave him gave him the rights to make the movie um it's something here i have it written down he gave him optioning optioning rights is what it's called which is a a small definition for you guys a contractual agreement between film producer and the author of a source material for exclusive temporary rights to purchase the screenplay this was given over to the writer john john hodge and in 1980 1994 they started writing John Hodge has a great quote on his approach to adapting this. He says, <clears throat> My goal was to produce a screenplay which would seem to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, would last 90 minutes, and would convey at least some of the spirit of the content of the book. That's a solid plan. That's a good plan. That's a good I think, plan. I think this is both like a dodge answer and also a really good answer it's very funny yeah i think it's really good he did go later on um he talks about when you're adapting out he says here I'll, I'll just quote him on one hand you've got to be prepared to sacrifice things to make it more cinematic on the other hand if you lose too much you might as well make up your own story because what's the point in paying for the rights you could buy a blank page for nothing yo um, dude this guy's full of yeah, bangers he's got bangers um i included that because i i find like the dilemma of like adapting material into film very interesting. I've talked about it a lot. Um, you guys are probably sick of it, but I think it's very just fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing how people approach that always interests me. So mm -hmm. it worked yeah, for Game of um, Yeah, and then yeah, it worked I never great. Watched it, but it worked I know. great until the last season when they tried to make it up on their own, and it was awful. Womp womp. Except maybe it was good if you listener liked it, then then it's good. But uh, also listener, if you did not like it, then it was bad. Yeah. Honestly, we're we're just like you. We're just like you. We're just like you in every possible way, and you should like us for that. We'll say whatever you want us to yeah. say. <laughs> but anyways, for for adapting this, they excluded a lot from the book. I did sort of a brief... I did not read the book. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God, big fan. I did like a, a good synopsis, though, in saying things. I'll include some tidbits later about things I didn't include. Mm -hmm. I don't remember where I have that written, but it's somewhere in here. 
but they changed a lot of things. They omitted a lot of characters just because they couldn't like fit them. And also some there's things. A lot of there's yeah, a there's lot. already a lot of characters. There was there was yeah, mm-hmm. there was even more characters. I fucking forgot their names already. And then but... some things. It was interesting. He so some of the things that you see in it are made up, but like based on the novel in a way. So like, okay. there's a bit. You know the bit where they're they're like essentially like running, or you see them like robbing. Yeah. Like robbing a store. They don't like explicitly talk about that in the book, from my understanding. I could be wrong. You know, send us comments, emails, whatever. If I'm wrong, correct me. Um, they don't like explicitly depict that happening in the book, but it's referenced to like in dialogue and stuff. Gotcha. So he just sort of includes it because it's sort of referenced and mentioned. And I believe the so the uh, what's it the worst toilet in Scotland. Yeah. Um, that scene happens, but it's not as surreal. He doesn't, he doesn't crawl climb. into the yeah. toilet and swim around in it. That was sort of. So a lot of I think some of the like surreal aspects of the movie were were sort of made up slash heightened. Mm-hmm. I think I had a quote. I think I lost it, but there's a quote where he was like, John Hodd, when reading the book, was like, I felt like there's all these allusions to like surrealism and these sort of abstract like images, but it wasn't directly like stated, and so I just sort of played off that for these scenes. Mm-hmm. The yeah, the the option rights were settled. The author got two percent of the film's budget, which was. 1.5 million, not 1 million, but 1.5 million. Okay. So he got around $30,000, or I guess pounds. I mean, for doing like nothing. I mean, that's wrote pretty good. I mean, yeah, but the book had yeah. already made its money. Yeah, it already made its money, so. Yeah, and then also one of the things Danny Boyle did to convince um, the author for them to option the rights was he wrote him a letter stating that Hodge and McDonald, the writer and the producer, mm-hmm. were the two most important Scotsmen since Kenny Dalgish and Alex Ferguson. The funny thing to me about reading this is I have no idea who those two people Neither are. Neither do I. So that's like <laughs> I have no idea. And who those I looked two them up. Are. They're both former football players and managers. Okay. And by football I mean soccer. Oh, gross. So important, important Scotsman. <laughs> if we any Scottish listeners, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> want to offend you. That was a mean. I like Scotland. I like Ireland. Scotland I think, and I think Ireland are two different are cool. places. They're cool they're different not... places, but we hate England. We, we hate England. We England hate fucking England. sucks, we unless you're from England. So I want our listeners to know that we did just pause and talk about Catholicism versus... Yeah, yeah and, and I, I tried to do a funny we, bit. And it, it we started talking about the serious. Irish troubles, and yeah, we're not going that way. Anyway, we're All right. back. So last thing Scotland. I'm going to touch on before I start going into directing and casting and production. We're going to talk about the title. Have you guys had any thoughts about the title? Trainspotting. The um, title of the movie... Very few there's, trains. There's, they cross train tracks. Yeah. What, what, in your guys' opinion, why is it called train spotting? It's probably like a drug reference. Like if I had to take a wild it, guess, I have found many explanations that different. that are different, or kind of related but different, and I'm not really sure which one's the real one. Maybe they're all right. Yeah, I would just say like um, train spotting is probably like some reference to trying to get yeah. heroin or something. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 close. Um, oh hell so yeah! So the the one that I think is the biggest reference is in the book. There's a bit where Begbie and Renton meet an old drunk man. Okay, this is you're gonna get a, sort of a hint here of what happens in the book. Begbie and Renton meet an old drunk man at a railroad station. The old drunk man also apparently is Begbie's estranged father. Okay. Um, in it, also they're they're um, defecating in the train tracks. Begbie oh, and Renton are, 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 are defecating in the big, on the on the train tracks, and this old drunk man comes up, who's also Begbie's estranged father. All right. Ask them, "Are you two train spotting?" And that's what that's one origin for the for the uh, title. And that's in uh, the book. 
that's in the book. So that one seems the most likely. Yeah. Also, apparently, train spotting does seem to be a thing where um, people, it's a term for when people get strung out on heroin and they sit like on the benches near trains and then um, they just sort of get strung out there. So they're never actually getting on a train, they're just sitting there. And so it's like they're train spotting. Quote gotcha. Okay. And so it's just kind of like a thing you'd say, be like, oh, they're train spotting, you know, but they're not actually train spotting. They're waiting for a train that's never going to come, you know. Um, well, that's probably like why he calls them in the book. He asks them if they're train spotting. Yeah. I think this, this it's probably yeah, like, yeah. oh, and I you... think those are connected because yeah. it's like, so. So I would say probably both are technically correct. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one that I saw someone explain somewhere, um, is, is more more poetic metaphorical where it's like the relating heroin addiction to train spotting in the sense that it's like a very niche sort of specific um, thing that they're like obsessed with in the mm. way that like train spotters are often kind of like oh you know trains but instead heroin heroin that one's a little more shaky but that, I, mean, I did see that kind of come up do you guys um have you guys seen those that video? That one guy, <laughs> the one the British guy. On yeah. Camera. Yeah. yeah. He Francis. doesn't do heroin. He's a cool guy. Yeah. But it's it's like I, I feel like it's a similar like attitude where that man reacts to trains like I would see a heroin addict react to heroin. He gets so excited about he gets trains. So excited. I love that guy. Trains. Yeah. But considering the movie was literally not supposed to be poetic at all, I don't think it's that one. I'd argue there's some poet. Well, maybe not poeticism, but I I think. The more research I've done, and the more looking into it, I think there's more there than I initially thought as well. But maybe so you not. think you think the director was like, you know who who to me seems just like heroin addicts, fucking train. Yeah, spotters. yeah, yeah. I mean, I that might be going a deep into it, but again, thinking this is based on a book, maybe that's something the author of the book thought about, you know. And so then that idea translated. We'll see. We can discuss. We'll talk about it later. But also, I'm not like solid on that position. That's not like. Yeah, you're not, this isn't a hill you're going to die isn't, on. No, I was just kind of like, I don't know, maybe. I'm just tossing it out there. Mm. Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle is a director. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff, you nope. guys. Danny Boyle. Um, he did Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours yesterday. Okay, I did see 127 Hours. Okay, yep. 127 Hours. Um, he did 28 Days Later, right? 28 Days Later, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's he's done a lot, so of, a lot of good things. Have you seen 28 Days Later? It's pretty good. I, I actually I think, think that's, that's, a, that's an apocalypse movie, right? If I had to pick an apocalypse movie that I like most, it'd probably be that one. Yeah, it's very different. It's, it's approach so well done. Oh. I actually yeah. think once we like reach October, I think that'd yeah. be like a good one to cover for. Yeah, podcast. no, I think it's great. Oh, yeah. We're just teasing all these episodes for yes, you guys. Yes, yes. Um, also, yeah. send us movies that you want us to cover too, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. DM us, mm-hmm. comment, email, whatever. Don't Let us know me. what you send want us to cover. <laughs> yeah. Send an to out. Don't DM me. Four, four, four. No. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, Danny Boyle's passion for filmmaking began with Apocalypse Now. He said, It had eviscerated my brain completely. I was an impressionable 21-year-old guy from the sticks. My brain had not been fed, watered with great culture, you know, as art is meant to do. There you go. That guy was on heroin. (laughs) That man was on heroin, probably. He was so blasted. One thing I like about Boyle is his editing is very distinct. Yeah, Um, there is a lot of times where I'm like, ooh. We'll talk about editing a little bit later on, but his editing in like 127 hours I remember it had like a lot of fun editing a lot of like split screens and the way they sort of jumped around and things now we're going to talk about the uh, the casting first Ren we already st- discussed that's Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. we already knew he was coming on because of Boyle's previous film Shallow Grave and also in terms of the character for Ren they wanted someone to be repulsive with charm and he they made that 
Yeah. Because <laughs> he's so both good. like really gross, but it's also kind of yeah. like, oh, he's like a little, you know. Oh, look at um, the little drug addict. And they wanted the audience to feel more ambiguous towards his actions, you know, where it's kind of like, ah, you, you like him, but also he is a drug addict, and, you know. I mean, he says at the end, he's like, why did I do it? Because I'm a bad person. I'm yeah, a, I'm a yeah. bad boy. So, that was interesting. I'm a little, I'm a little no, bad shade. No. I'm a little stinker. Stinky little boy. Also a sneaky little boy who lost two stone. What does that mean? Two stone. He lost two stone. That, he lost is weight. Is it seven pounds or 14 for a stone or 14 something? pounds. So he lost 28 Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, or, he lost 27, 28 pounds okay. for the roll. I don't know how I knew um, that. He's a I'm surprised. Boy. I mean, you lived in England. I lived. Well, I studied abroad for a term. I would say abroad. I lived in yeah. England. Well, you lived there. I lived in a car on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. Um, Just some upbeat uh, commentary for you. Also, preparing for the role, McGregor um, spoke with and read a lot of books about drug addiction. He spoke with um, drug addicts. In the beginning, I don't know if you'd even remember this. In the beginning, there's like a short little montage where they're playing soccer with some random guys. Yeah. Those guys are actually like counselors for a rehabilitation clinic. Okay. They like got a lot of their um, consultation from for, you know, how to like portray and do things. And so that's actually them in the movie, which is kind of cool. Spud. Spud's name is Ewan Bremerton. So there's two Ewans. Spud Ewan, though, is E-W-E-N. Ewan McGregor is E-W-A-N. So they had two Ewans on set. And also, Spud played Ewan McGregor's character, Renton, in a stage version of this movie. Damn. So was that before or after? I think it may have been before. I think there was a stage production of this movie happening. Or I guess it wasn't the movie. It was a stage production of the book, of the book. happening um, oh. before. I bet you could do a lot of like really cool things with like the surrealism yeah. in a stage adaptation. That'd be really oh, yeah. cool to see. I want to um, see a grown man dressed up as a as a baby crawling on his ceiling. <laughs> oh, it's so good. If it was a robot um, in the movie, it could be a robot. Yeah. But if it was um, a grown man, that'd be even funnier. Also, speaking speaking on him playing these two characters, um, he made a remark that these characters were in quotes part of my heritage, which is something I'll come to again later. Is where this movie is very important. To Scottish people as well as just like British people, the English, it's very it's a very prominent kind of like thing for them. Um, so that's that's something. That if you're an English British version person, I'll hold my tongue. I'll bite my tongue. Um, Sick boy, Sick boy was casted because he's a good actor, but also his ability to do a Sean Connery impression was very much considered, and they thought he did a good job. So that was for that one bit. Yeah. Well, it sort of comes back. He talks about James Bond all the time, but yes. Oh, I guess that's true. He, he yeah. like repeatedly talks about James Bond, but um. Okay, because he talks about like Doctor No, and then yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was movies. just thinking about that one bit where they're getting sober and they do the is it paintball or BB yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the BB gun, the dog. Yeah. Which, by the way, in order to get the dog to freak out, uh, Danny Boyle stood off camera and just yelled at it, screamed at it, and <laughs> freaked out the dog. Oh. Um, I guess you know of all ways to like it. yeah, it's better than shooting it. Yeah, BB gun. Yeah. Um, Begbie's actor Robert Carlyle was just casted. I don't know. I didn't really find anything interesting about why he was casted besides uh, he was just fit the role. Um, oh, I do know he was originally going to go to Christopher Eccleston, who oh. was the Doctor Who. Which number? Which he doctor was who? the ninth Doctor. The ninth Doctor, because Danny Boyle thought he looked how the character was in the book, but. I think they decided uh, Bigby's actor was just more aggressive and better at being. And if you don't know him from Doctor Who, he's in the forgettable second Thor movie. Oh, yes. Yep. 
Um, so Which, Christopher Eccleston, if you're listening, I apologize. Christopher Eccleston. It's, it's who I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's not the doctor I care about. I care about... David Tennant. David Tennant. Is he the one who's Morbin? That's what? Jared Leto. No, no, no. The, the other guy... Oh, Matt Smith. Oh, Matt, Matt Smith, Smith is Morbin. You're he's right. Morbin. I was like, what God. the heck are you talking about? He's you're not Morbin. a real fan. I, uh, you're right. I, well, I just got a one-drag mind and I'm not able. I was focused you're on Jared Leto. Le- I was more focused on Jared Leto than, than you know, Doctor Who. Morbin Doesn't Leto. Doesn't he, like, dance in it or something? Yes. He does. Yes, I've, I've watched it several times. <laughs> and anyway. he goes like this. He, he puts his arms up and he, you know, growls in his face and it briefly turns into a vampire face. And it's like, it looks really silly. Okay. Matt Smith, um, if you're listening. <laughs> also, a quote from Begbie's actor saying why he liked playing Begbie was, I've met loads of Begbie in my time. Wander around Glasgow on a Saturday night, and you've got a good chance of running into a Begbie. Hmm. We can talk more about Begbie later if we want. Um, Which one was Begbie again? He was the, one the really aggressive, the awful one. Oh, okay. The worst one. Yeah. Diane, the underaged woman. Right. So they handed out a bunch of flyers. Because they didn't want to cast someone who was new, so they wanted just a random, completely unknown person. Okay, cool. So they handed a bunch of flyers, and then just random women showed up. And apparently, Danny Boyle was looking at all the actresses, like, in a hallway, and they were all, you know, like, dressed up and looking good. And she had been, like, drinking the night prior and was, like, kind of hungover. So she showed up in, like, really plain clothes and, like, regular hair. And he was like, that's her. <laughs> that's who I want. That's who she got the role. Sorry, Damn. I was just looking... Uh... She still has the promotional flyer at home. I forgot to mention that Dang. as well. So all you actors out there, just show up to all your and all your auditions. And she also would later go on to be in No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, so yeah, she's Carla, Carla Jean. Jean. Carla Jean. So. Actors show up to your all your vote um, all your roles. All your roles, drunk, hungover, hungover unkempt, un- and just, just downright haggard, just raw, raw. Alrighty, we're gonna keep this boat moving. We Move, go with that. We go to that. Choo-choo. Hey, keep Woo-woo. this train Keep this train moving. spotting. Keep I brought heroin for all three of us just oh, to check yeah. the taste, so see what been, it's like. I've been hankering. I've been I've been, I've been cranking. I'm waning. I'm cranking. Shooting began in 1995, guys. Shooting. Shooting up heroin because, heroin. oh, man, I brought a second round of heroin for all of you guys. Thank God. I'm already starting to wane from the first one. It was so low budget, guys. <laughs> it was so low budget. That uh, a lot of the shots I had to do like in few takes as possible. A lot of them were done in one take, even That's just because um, <laughs> they impressive. did. They did most of the filming in Glasgow, despite the film was supposed to take place in Edinburgh. Also, yeah. So they had bits like in some of the bar scenes. They did essentially what like we've done with like student filmmaking, or like what I think maybe you did, where like they found a bar and they're like, okay, we'll pay you for like how much business you're gonna lose, and it's like ten hours. And yeah. we're going to try and just, like, get as much done in this in this bar in this one night as we can. Mm-hmm. And then they'd move on to the next place on the next scene the next shot. Yeah. So it's very just sort of, like, sort of guerrilla filmmaking where, you know, they're just like, ah, yeah, I, see, and I, I wouldn't I, have I guessed I really it. love that. I like that. I love it, too. I wouldn't have guessed it from this movie, though. Like, yeah. Because that's, like, mm-hmm. even, okay, blah, 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 I'm in film school. And blah, 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 but It's the point, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say I do really like the approach of as few takes as possible to get yeah. like those just kind of initial performances and it were obviously it works well if you're on a budget um mm. but i also think especially for train spotting and the style that it was going for yeah. i think it works very well well and they, they, they did a couple of other things that really sort of combat it from feeling like an indie film one of it was 
first of all, a lot of the camera work is inspired by like music videos. A lot of it from the Beatles, some like of the, the Clash. Clash. I, think so, um, yeah. I think the opening was particularly inspired by a Beastie Boys music video for Sabotage. I mean, they do the whole Abbey Road I bit. Yeah, Abbey Road. Yeah, they, they cross There was a couple of different Beatles, but it was weird. Like some of the shots were referencing like some of the movies like Beatles have been I in. Like it wasn't necessarily well, music videos, but it was like. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to include this, but I've seen like bits of I can't remember which Beatles movie it is, but it's like so abstract. Where literally like a song is playing and they're like sped up, just running in a field for the whole time. I'm not 100 percent sure, and I don't yeah. want Beatles fans coming for me. But yeah, oh, so Jaden's gonna come for you. Mm, is he? Yeah. No. See, I forget like what it's. Jane's Hard Day's Night. Beatles. 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 Anyways, they had so they had an interesting problem when they're going to international production. Think of them Beatles. Think of them Beatle boys. Yep. So they had an interesting. Sorry, problem. Miles just showed us a picture. <laughs> he showed us a picture of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was trying to decide if it was edited or not. <laughs> he was like messing with me, and now it was just the Beatles. Um, so when they were releasing this internationally, they had a problem because they're like, hmm, I don't think American audiences are going to understand what the heck people are saying because the Scottish, you know, vernacular and slang is so rough. My subtitles um, were in English. Yeah. So, um, so like, they Subti- would, subtitles I, were helpful. Yep. I, okay. When I say like my subtitles were in English, like they would speak in their like slang and it wouldn't show up in slang it would show up as like what their slang meant yeah, gotcha, yeah. so yeah. that was very helpful yep so there were a couple of those i think they, initially they were like maybe we should just have the whole thing subtitled when we, especially for like american audiences and they were like no that would take away because there's a bit in the club where they have them subtitled because it's so loud mm-hmm. and they're like if we have subtitles for the whole movie that's going to spoil that scene because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the fun bit is like oh look we put subtitles in for you here so what they did is they refilmed the first 20 minutes and told the hmm. actors to like soften their accents to kind of get the audiences like, used try, to it. But try and like lean them into oh, the, the accent. That's pretty bit. cool. Yeah. As well, especially if you were talking about like low budget, the fact that yeah. they refilmed twenty minutes of the mm-hmm. movie—that's wild. Yep. Well, I think too because there's a lot of narration. A lot of it was uh, easy yeah. to do because it's just got to refilm the narration. That's true. Something. Okay, so one of the biggest primary factors that they really focused on to try and especially to fight the like indie film look was the colors. You might notice really a lot of distinct colors. Um, I think it's really cool. A lot of the colors were chosen from Francis Bacon painting and like his palette, which is really interesting. Um, and there is a lot of sort of like, I don't know what you call it. There's rules to essentially to how the colors are being used. Um, apparently, a lot of the muted version of the colors were shown when they were like strung out or mm-hmm. when they're on heroin. And then when characters are going clean, the colors be a little more bright and vibrant to show kind of like, ah, a nice life. There's also things where certain um, Tommy, Tommy when he starts the movie is wearing very bright, vivid colors, mm-hmm. and then as he you know become loses his girlfriend, becomes addicted, gets AIDS, mm-hmm. dies of cat poop, you know his colors mute throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also certain colors. This is not like a very you know uncommon thing or unique thing. I've seen it done a lot of things, just very specifically like red indicated danger in this film. Mm. Red was often very much like Isn't this is Isn't that bad. like the color of the whole den? Yeah, the whole yeah. den is red. Um, the club, uh, the volcano club that they go to is all red. Mm-hmm. And when he's chasing down the girl who we later find out is a minor, mm-hmm. um, she's wearing all red. And so it's it's kind of, I like this just very unspoken where it's like, it's like the world is telling them to like stop. Like stop, stop. And they keep going and keep yeah. going. And so it's fun to like rewatch it. And when you're looking for these things, you're kind of like, oh yeah, it's like, it's yeah, like trying yeah. to like interact and reach out with them to be like, stop what you're doing. Like you're, you're going to a bad place. 
Um, green, of course, is life, go. Green means go. So there's bits where um, I think when Renton is detoxing or when he's clean, there's a bit where he's like wearing green, you know, and it's kind of like, ah, oh, like life, you know. Well, there's, I mean, there's a whole bit where Tommy tries to take him on a walk and it's just a beautiful green yeah, countryside green, and then they green. go, nah, and turn around. Yep. So um, that kind of stuff. And I, I really like that. Um, I really like that sort of color stuff. Um, you should know I'm, I'm a fan of like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and those shows mm -hmm. have really extensive like color rules like that. And it, I think it adds a new layer to storytelling for people when you know how they're using it. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, like, I mean, like Better Call Saul, which is at this time still like airing. And when you're aware of like how they use colors, sometimes when you see a color show up, you're kind of like, oh no, like it can add a layer of suspense because you know what that color means. Yeah. Or when a character's wearing something specifically and you know they really only wear it when they're gonna do something like this. And so you're like, oh, they're like up to no good. They're gonna do something. And I think that's just a really fun layer to add to a story. What were we watching where they were using yellow and red? Oh, the bucket list. Okay. We don't have to talk about the movie. <laughs> we don't have to talk it's about like, the movie. It's like, what movie? Were... Okay, take um, that out, take that out. Buckleless is a good movie. You know, I... Okay, I, I liked she, it. Okay, I liked it, and I also didn't like it. I had a really weird experience with that. I, I'm surprised you didn't like it very much. It's got Morgan Freeman in it. It's got Morgan Freeman. And Jack Nicholson. I think, okay, I think yeah, the, I, the Do you not first... like Jack Nicholson? I, I do like Jack Nicholson. I think Yeah, so it's got two cool actors. Was pretty good. I think, I, think I think the, the way it like depicted like enough. hospital life yes. and the decisions with like cancer and like chemo and all of that, you know, was really good and really poignant. Um, and also just seeing Jack Nicholson play not like he was still sort of himself, but like subdued than he is in other movies. We've we've gone on this. Jack Nicholson is sometimes kind of just what like the I the chauvinistic playboy where he just you know yeah. he's old and he's kind he of a jerk he, yeah he jerk. wants young women and he's crew doesn't care what people think yeah. and that's a lot of his characters again we do not have to put this we in because we're going on, on, on a tangent you're right, I just feel like he kind of plays the same character I really like him I think mm. he's a phenomenal actor but I think unfortunately a lot of his characters he kind of gets typecast and he's so big it's like yeah. oh that's Jack Nicholson you watch it you know but it's like sad like, cancer he's getting typecast compared to like Ryan Reynolds who's like I want my character to be like this. Yeah, he's always yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Anyway, I'm sorry. Back to anyways. It. Okay, we're gonna. Uh, we've got not a whole lot to go. I mean, we've got things to go through, but it's gonna sort of pick up here. Um, the toilet, worst toilet in Scotland. Mm -hmm. First of all, all the poop was chocolate, so it okay. actually smelled very sweet and nice, very pleasant. The toilet was cut in half. They had a tube, a poop chute, if you will, mm -hmm. that he crawled into and then sort of turned his body at the end and shipped it. And you can see his feet, little feetsies turn, and he just crawls through. That simple. Yeah, the baby scene. The baby was just a baby on the ceiling. You can see, like, the track baby. it's riding on. Yeah. You know, and it's just, like, a little fake rubber baby. Well, um, and then in that scene, too, as he's, like, detoxing, and, like, the room just, like, keeps getting longer yeah. and longer. Yeah. And longer. I, yeah. That was really cool. I really liked that scene in particular. Yes. I think the way it looked visually and just the way... Again, I like the way the world sort of interacts with the characters in this, and one of them is, like, with the sounds. There's a bit, like, in the detox scene where he's, like, watching the, the like, game show, you know, and he's being presented with all these images of, you know, Tommy, the baby, Spud, and they're all just sort of accusing him, and then the, the game show is saying something like, is he guilty or is he not guilty? So it's like, it's like the world is sort of, like, you know, putting him on trial, and he's putting himself on trial, and all these things are happening. And other things, like... There's the bit when there's like there's like the sex montage, 
and it has like the soccer goal playing yeah. over when when you know he uh, having sex and so I, I like these things where it's like the world's like interacting with them as they're doing stuff along with the concept of the colors you know it, it, it just makes it feel more li- lively mm-hmm. um, so yeah the baby scene baby scene is great just mm-hmm. I love out of context the head turning around him screaming on the bed and then it falls on him and the camera shoots into his face and it's like ah, it's just I don't know it's so absurd it's so wild yeah the sinking carpet that's that another, was very that's good. another really good like sequence that I love I think the music is great it really was just like two platforms and a carpet and they just lowered him down. It was that simple. But the way when they kept using his POV shots and oh, he yeah. kept the rug there until they finally, you know, he came back up in the hospital. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, well, even that like the nurse's arms were placed. Yeah, there, I know there's one bit where her arms like are in place of the rug and just framing it. It's really good. Yeah. This movie, one of the, this is one of those movies when they talk about marketing they'll talk about this movie along with I think like Pulp Fiction is another one where they're like this movie is marketed a lot like Pulp Fiction and since it was marketed hard they had postcards flyers you know posters billboards everywhere like it was everywhere they had pins and grocery stores like they they were oh, I got the number here okay so the product the distribution company spent $850,000 Wow. So, like, almost half the budget of the film itself on marketing. Wait, so is the $1.5 that you mentioned, that includes? That does not include marketing. Oh, okay, okay. This is the, so the distribution company, so. Gotcha, okay. So I was like, after they the did not After the movie's been made, that. the distribution company picked it up, and they spent $850,000. So, like, about almost half of the budget for yeah. the film was spent on marketing. Over, um, over half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they owe this just heavy heavy marketing to a lot of the success of the film and a lot of people want to see it because I did it so it was just like I don't know because you know when like your friend is like hey you should watch this movie and then you don't watch it and they keep yeah. bugging you about it and you're like you know what fuck it I'm never gonna watch it yeah you you know you, you'd think that but they also they did think they made it they made a music video with Iggy Pop they did they did a ton of like oh, just other different like marketing if Iggy Pop's in it then. if Iggy Pop's in it if well, Iggy Pop kinda... wants me to watch it and that kind of makes sense for Iggy Pop to be a part yeah. of that, though. Yeah, yeah. And so it... Um, Styling and all that stuff. Here. It's one of the highest grossing films in limited release in 1996. Uh, and at the time, the fourth highest grossing British film of all time, with 12 million domestic and 72 million international. So, and I think, too, when they marketed it, they would say things like, you know, like, the most British film, you know, or, they, or you know, they'd say things where it was like better than heroin. You know, yeah, if you're, you need to see this, you know, like it'd, it'd be stuff like that. You're not a real Brit unless you watch this movie. Um, we could talk briefly. I we kind of already talked about it, but I know here just like editing, you know, yeah, the editing is I love fun. Editing. like the quick, snappy jump cuts, you know, all the distortion for like the detox scene, things like there's a bit where he like climbs over the wall and he jumps off the wall and then it cuts to him like in the den mm-hmm. that. that was cool I that like that cool. like it, things like that I always like shots like that like, like when really it cool. carries it's... the motion from one yeah. bit to another yeah. or even in the beginning there's a bit where he's you see him in the den sort of strung out and he starts falling mm-hmm. and it's cutting to him falling playing soccer and then yeah. they like cut and they match up it's really good and I, I think Danny Boyle does a lot of that with his editing he works but I think he has a heavy influence in the editing because the sort of distinct style carries out through all his films, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I think he just is very much involved in that process. This is a big impact um, on British cinema. Um, Empire Magazine said, and I find this kind of funny because I don't think it's true, um, something Britain can be proud of and Hollywood must be afraid of. If we Brits can make movies this good, 
about subjects this horrific. What does Tinseltown have? Damn. Yeah. Because Dude, God knows I'm us. I'm going to the theater to watch uh I can't even give I can't even give an example. What of a British movie? Yeah. Um that's like coming out, you know. Oh, that's gonna be up soon. Yeah, like I don't think they do they even make movies anymore. They gave up. No, I think I'll maybe be honest, they gave up. my brain has I like I can't, I couldn't tell you a movie that's coming out this year. Let's see. Yeah. Um Oh fuck, can I not <laughs> Avatar two. Boom. Avatar 2 is coming out. Let me look up British movies. All right, you do that. I'm going to keep moving because I'm getting hot and I'm sweating. Okay, it had slight controversy. People thought this movie was glorifying drugs. Oh. It's, <laughs> not, it's not. It's that not. That is glorifying Fant- drugs. Fantastic Beasts. US- Se- Secrets of Dumbledore. Fantastic Beasts. Secrets of Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, it already came we out. But Harry it's... Potter. it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, U.S. Senator Bob Doyle criticized the movie during the 1996 presidential campaign. He later admitted he had not watched the movie. Well, yeah, I have a. I gotta, Do you mean Dole? Is that not what I said? You I gotta said, fix the statement. Senator Bob Dole's what I said. Um, you said Doyle. Bob Doyle. Oh, that's just. Or I heard Doyle. This is just like, popular movies that are set in Britain, so no, it's no, not actually no. made. See, they got Hollywood now. Train spotting made them. Okay, British views. I'm sorry. You don't need to send us emails angrily, and that'll fix it. Um... <laughs> So yeah, so some controversy. Um, what did Bob Dole say? Or he just like criticized it? He just criticized oh, okay. it. I, I didn't know if you had a quote or something. No, and then later admitted he had not watched the movie. Um, <laughs> Damn. Sick. Andrew McDonald on this said, um, we were determined to show people, we were determined to show why people took drugs. You had to show that it was fun and that it was awful, you know, because it's not like people take drugs to live an awful life. Like there's something appealing to it, you know, yeah. so you can't like neglect that fact. Um, to which he also said, it's the music and humor that makes people feel it's glamorizing drugs. Because it has, you know, it's, it's the techno dance. The music, okay, I don't like the music in the sense that it's not the music I like or listen to, mm-hmm. but I think it is really good for the movie. Right. And I, what's, I would what's agree. portraying, I think the soundtrack is really good in that sense. Again, not music I listen to, but I think it's, I think it's a very strong soundtrack for the, for the film. Um, and I actually, I do like it in that, in that way. Yeah, I think it works well. I, yeah, I'm not a fan. I, shoot, I can't remember. There was one song that wasn't like techno or anything like that. This is going to... I need to look it up. Cause okay, this is you really look it up. I'm going to keep going. Um, so sorry if you hear me. Talking about things I like. I already talked about them. You know, editing, colors, production, I think was great. Coming to just the story of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's, it's about just addiction. Yeah. But I like that... Uh, it explores addictions of many kinds, not just drugs, you know. It was it sort of talks about drugs, Begbie's addiction is violence. He doesn't mm-hmm. do any drugs. I mean he drinks. He drinks and he's just really violent. And so yeah, that's he's a his mean that's man. his addiction. Um there's sort of hints of like sexual addiction in a way that they you know, they just keep searching for it and you know, it, it's bad. Um and then the biggest, most fun addiction at the end is um bad bad friendships. I'm, a, I'm addicted to being a dick that, to my friends. He can't, yeah, he can't get away from his friends who are pulling him down, just like drugs would. Um, and I really like that kind of transition where it's like, ah, heroin, and then towards the end, it's like, um, yeah, like just like toxic people. I mean, so, they're your mates. What they, are you going to do? They're your mates. What, what are you going to do? And you know what? That, that sort of brings me to the end here. You know, um, I, I guess I kind of want to ask you guys what your thoughts are on the ending. And do you think it's ambiguous or not? 
I, I don't think it is really. I didn't think so, but apparently it's intended to be. In I thought what it was way? pretty cut and dry. Um, He's off. Right. It seemed like it. Seemed like it. Apparently, um, with his face being like blurred and stuff, apparently it's supposed to be sort of implied whether or not he may oh. use the money for bad or may. I think it's. See, I think it's heavily uh, um, asserted that he is good. Yeah. But also, you know, when I think about it and when I look at just the way he talks. I personally feel like, again, I'm, this isn't like a helm dying on. I personally feel like his approach to life is like flawed, and I think that will inevitably lead him back into drugs, just because his 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 concept of what a good life, a good not drug life is, mm-hmm. is very just like you know he says choose life, choose a you know what do I have? You choose a choose a big TV, you know, yeah, choose the have fatty a family, foods. have fatty foods. Like I feel like his his um his concept of of this life is inherently wrong. And that itself was gonna was gonna put him back into drugs. Well, I was always waiting for the movie to like it would cut to black, and then like you would hear the voiceover and be like, "But I will take one last hit." Yeah, because the, the, and, and there's even the bit where he says, "You know, there's last hits, and then there's last hits." Yeah, you know. So, so I was expecting him to be like, "But yeah. I'm gonna take one more." Yeah. So I I think it is sort of implied that maybe he you know might go back, not not stay in the straight path, mm-hmm. stay narrow. What do you but think? I know. Mariah? It's, it's all interpretation at this point. It's, there's nothing cut and dry here. I'm just thinking aloud. I do think, certainly when I first first watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's good. Even, I mean, if you really want to read into it, you know, I saw someone else discuss this as well. I don't think there's any statements from Danny Boyle, but um, he, very, it, he very deliberately ends with him on a bridge, you know, and the idea that the bridge is sort of like a, a transitioning pathway, you know, and he's going somewhere better, you know, he's going clean, he's, he's transitioning, he's, he's going to be better. So if you look at it that way, then you, and then that's another supporting argument. They're like, oh, he's he's going clean, he's mm-hmm. changing, but it's all speculation. Uh, I think I want to think positively, mm-hmm. and I mean, um, he did he did do like a generally good thing for his friend at the end too by giving yeah. him the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think he even if he does kind of fall off again, I think by taking the money and getting away from those people, he's bettering himself in some way so yeah. I think yeah no, I mean now that you mentioned I'm like I guess yeah it's kind of ambiguous but yeah. because he's he's they make it kind of a point a bit through the movie he's very just like anti-consumerist yeah and that's sort of what that speech is embodying where he sees you know not super life as just things not nothing fulfilling you know I feel like he's not he doesn't understand you know the the magic and the, the things in between the lines of you know that make a good fulfilling life. He's, and he's, I feel like his his inability to grasp that is going to. He's leaving the drugs of heroin and, and getting the drug of know, consumerism. Consumerism. And capitalism. And addiction. And, I don't know. That's thinking out the bubble. That's speculating. That's just whatever. Let us know what you think. If you have any opinions on the matter. Lots of poop in this movie. Lots of. Poop. I didn't talk about the poop. There's a lot of poop. A lot of poop. There's of course. When when we were watching the, the toilet scene, we're sitting there and you know it's like oh, oh gross, and then Stefan just goes like, "You're," I forget exactly what he said, but you're like, "You are not like ready for what is about to happen." And then he's like, "Yeah," you know, arms in, and I was like, "Oh," he and then he's like, and then like, and, and then I was like, "Oh," in there okay. and you're like, "Whoa." Or when he has the bed sheets and he oh yeah, and he just sprays it. Oh my god! Oh, that when I first saw it. Oh, you uh, know what I was gonna mention? One of my favorite scenes was when Spud does his interview. 
Yeah. Yes. It's a good. It was great. Like the editing, the way I liked how it did like the jump cuts, like back, you know. Back yeah, and I loved like just the the framing of him mm-hmm. and like how to. There's that one specific Man, head move. Yeah, this head move where it goes like. He, he just like turns his head real fast and he jerks back and he's like, oh, he says it makes like a noise or something. Yeah, and then he's, he's like, so did I get the job? Yeah. And like, I just think that it's so funny. I thought the acting was really good in that. It was very fun. I liked Spud's character. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Kind of a bummer that like, you know, he had to go to prison, but he did do bad. He robbed. Yeah. And he got money at the end. He did get money in the end. I will say, I think, like, for me, if we're kind of moving on to, what, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. Do, yeah, what we liked, didn't like, and sure it is worth it. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I th- we already talked about it, but the very, like, surrealist uh, baby crawling on the ceiling, mm-hmm. falling through the carpet. Like, I thought that was really well done. Um, again, Stefan had said when we started to watch it that, like, some people thought it was glorifying drug addiction. I don't even know how many times throughout the movie I was like, in what way is this glorifying yeah. it? You know, a baby fucking dies? Yeah. And they all just like, all right, let's shoot up and like move on. I'm like, that's not glorifying in any way, shape, or form. So uh, that argument yeah. is frankly I stupid. Know. If you watch a movie about a man climbing into a toilet and also flinging poop on someone's mm-hmm. family and your takeaway is heroin is fun, I think you watched the whole movie. I thought the most like brutal depiction of the heroin was when... Um, Ian McGregor's character. What's the fuck? What's his name? Renton. 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 So when Renton is like, I'm gonna take a hit. Yeah. And then the m- girl who just lost her baby is like, mm-hmm. Okay, give me some too. Yeah. Like that's brutal. Yeah. When she was like, I want some too. And then when and then when he's like, I'm doing me first. Yeah. Like, oh, like you only like, go after me. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I rough. think that was like the scene where I'm like, heroin is. Bad. bad. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the thing that I struggled with the most mm. is I don't <laughs> I don't like movies that make me feel icky, and this movie made me feel, feel icky. icky. Um, specific, <laughs> specifically Begbie. Um, I think the problem for me is that for me to kind of accept characters, whether they're good or bad, I have to find a little nugget of good in them or mm-hmm. you know some humanity and i really couldn't find that with him and i know that's the point yeah he's just um, a bastard yeah and so it was like and i know it's supposed to be frustrating mm-hmm. and it was and you know i felt as like so extremely frustrated once you know Renton had moved on and then they moved mm-hmm. in with him and i'm like oh my god yeah like yeah. fucking leave him alone and again I know that is the point I know that's what they're trying to make me feel <laughs> so they succeeded and I think in I that do, regard it's very good I do have a little piece for you yeah it doesn't really matter because it's not shown in the film so it, what it, you know what what's in the movie is what we're talking about it's what we're discussing and if it's not depicted in the film whatever but explaining Begbie I have a little bit in 2009 Robert Carlyle the guy who played Begbie mm-hmm. said he played Begbie as a closeted gay man whose outbursts of violence were due to his fear of being outed Irvine Welsh, the author who wrote the movie source novel, confirmed that he wrote Begbie of the book to have an ambiguous sexuality, and he agreed with um, the actors. Because um, there's the one scene where, yeah, yeah so it's it's not it's not like yeah, yeah like it's not really in the movie, but there I think in the book supports there is like a little bit of understanding why he is so fucking yeah, but. Oh. There's just a rude dude. But but I there's guess. there's really nothing for me to hold on to, to understand that character in any way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing that I, I struggled with the most personally. But 
overall, very good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it left me feeling a little icky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah. again, I know is, like, the point. Yeah. The whole, I mean, like, the baby dying thing was, like, probably the point where I was like, <laughs> oh, this is baby bad. I was surprised how quickly they moved on. Yeah. Heroin. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just gotta. It ain't it a bitch. How do you think the baby died? Do you think he, like, got a little bit of I think it was, like... I found in some reading it was essentially just, like, neglect and starvation, I think. Oh, really? I think it's also thought it was just, um, what's it called? There's something where it's, like, infant sudden death syndrome. Oh, yeah, they just do that sometimes. So I think that was... I I kind of assumed as I was watching it that it was just neglect, but they were all just, like, they were high for so long that, like, nobody heard the baby. Mm. Baby crying for its needs, and they just neglected it, and it... Yeah, and then um, so it is essentially implied and confirmed that it's Sick Boy's baby. Yeah, because yeah, they and said like I think Ren says like we never knew, but yeah, yeah. Sick Boy's crying. But so also awesome. apparently in the book it really states that after that he just stops like heroin for good. Sick Boy. Yeah, and they don't really show that. There's a bit towards the end when they're like, oh, we need someone to try the heroin, and he very briefly is like, oh, sick. He says something like Sick Boy is too careful nowadays, or something like that. Yeah, which is meant to just. There's a lot of things that were cut. Also, um, the the mother superior, the like drug dealer who gave mm-hmm. him their drugs, in the book, how does this happen? He loses a leg, I think, because of his drug addiction. At one point, has it amputated, and so there's a bit where they see him later. There's a deleted scene where they walk by him in the train station asking for money, mm-hmm. and that was cut out of it. Hmm. It's interesting. But yeah, this is a movie. I what got another. It was enough. good. What did you like? I, I the thing I liked most was the like visually depicting how heroin feels. Yeah. Mm. So like you know like the carpet bit the yeah. um, going into the toilet. Um, I thought those were really good. Yeah. No. I, yeah. That's some of my my favorite parts as well. And again, like thinking about like the detox scene. Oh, the detox scene. Where the room so like good. stretches yeah. and like Begbie's like under the sheets and like disappears and people are like coming in. Mm-hmm. Also relating train spotting, there's trains all in wallpaper in that scene. Mm-hmm. And um, Tommy's decline. That Tom- sucked. Yeah. yeah, that sucked, and I liked it. It was good. Yeah, poor Tommy. Well, the second they introduced him, like he doesn't do it, I was like, mm, he's going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they set him up very quickly, and it's always, you know. The guy who just started, he could say it. So I'm like, yeah. ah, these yeah. other guys have been doing it yeah. for so long. And they, like, managed to avoid it. But the guy who, you know. And then just... it's sad. I don't know if you remember. I kind of wasn't paying attention. Um, but, like, yeah, with the cat. The little mm-hmm. kitten. Like, I think he, he got the kitten to try and get back with his girlfriend. Yeah. And she denied or rejected him. And then that's, like, what killed him. <laughs> it's, like, so sad. Yeah. <sighs> and it yeah. was, wasn't it, like, they didn't. Oh, shoot. It, we meant to record this last week. It didn't happen, so it's been a week. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it that they didn't find his body for like a little bit and it was the smell? Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. that's but he was objectively like face down in his vomit. Yeah. horrible. It's not just like, oh, he died. It was like yeah. brutal, and then he was left for a while. And that's just, it's, oh, God. Yeah. Ooh. Not great. No. Again, glorifying heroin. Shut the fuck up, Bob Dole. No. God, Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Fuck you, Bob Dole. Come on the podcast, Bob Dole. All, we're going to give you a heroin see how you like it. Isn't he dead? I don't know anything about Bob Dole. Neither yeah. do I. Homie uh, died last Bob year. Bob Dole, come oh, on the, come on the podcast. 
Get the Ouija board okay. out. You know what? Maybe we, should, maybe we should take out the bomb a bit. All right, guys. That's train spotting. That's everything. That's all I got. I'm hot as hell, so let's wrap this baby up. Yeah, if what you, would you rate it? I would rate it. Well, I'm talking more. You're going to say I something. was going to say, for those of you who don't know, we are in an apartment in L.A. with the AC off in the middle of summer. Yeah. yeah. It's toasty. It Genius also. We said yeah at the same time. Wasn't it kind of cute? It was kind of cute. It was just a couple things. Yeah. No biggie. Uh, no biggie. Well, anyway. We're just so in... <laughs> in sync. sync. We're so in sync. In Capatico. How would you rate this, Mariah? I think I would give it eight crawling babies on the ceiling out of ten. Ooh. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really good. I, uh, it, it was both... There were a lot of decisions that I really liked, and it was definitely something I really appreciated. But again left me feeling icky but mm-hmm. I, but i know that's the point so i appreciate it i like that in that regard yeah i like feeling icky. i want to feel I want, icky. I want a movie to make me feel like i want a movie i don't to get make to me feel, feel i don't get to feel icky very often i don't because i don't like it after we watched it i was just like irritable. she was upset she was uh, i was just upset. irritable yeah yeah bugs in she your skin itches. yeah she looked like a, she was all strung out on train spotting <laughs> and irritable yeah but you know Having given it a week, yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stefan, what do you what do you want to rate this? Miles, you go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <think of> someone else. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it seven point five buckets for vomitus out of ten. <laughs> okay. Um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. However, I can barely remember some parts of it, and I feel like if I can come out of it, and I'm like, oh fuck, wait, what happened? It loses a little bit. It for loses you. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it is. I will say, like, yeah, I I had to watch it a couple times. Yeah. Um, I do think it's a good movie, but it, I do it, need to watch it. It's one of those where it's just like, yeah, a lot happens. I missed a lot that I didn't know about, like yeah. the first time. You know, things just go. Um, yeah, I I. Uh, yeah, I give it eight and a half flung feces doo doo, feces God. out of ten. <laughs> That's so hilarious. Um, yeah, I think it's a solid movie. I really, I really enjoyed the production design and like the the direction, like the art direction of it and everything. Yeah. Um, Good movie. movie. Cool. All right, Mariah, take us out. All right. Well, in the next episode, it is back to me for leading the discussion. Can you, can you go a little faster? I'm getting, I'm getting hot. Go faster. Speed it up, please. Go, please. go, go, go. All right, the next episode that I'll be uh, leading the discussion on is going to be the 1985 film Police Story, starring Jackie Chan. It's going to be our first, like, really international... It's all this, then. Jackie who? Jackie... Who's Jackie Chan? I guess you guys will have to I'm tune old. in next time to find out. This is my impression of... Are you giving me the hi-hat? Impression of George from the Beatles. John... Tom... Help me, help me, Paul. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be looking at Police Story, and I'm, I'm very excited. It's got... Some really good Please. stunts in it, obviously. And Jackie Chan, known for his stunts. Bits and comedy, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, but in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Um, you can find us at Twitter and Instagram at the takes it took. If you want to email us any suggestions, feedback, comments, anything like that, any corrections, uh, you can do that as well at the takes it took at gmail.com. 
Um, okay, yeah, it's really hot in here, so I think we should end it now. Yes. And we're gonna go to the beach. We're end it now. Beach. Going to the beach. I don't have any fun, weird last minute bits. I'm just, we're just end it. Oh, end um, it. S- sponsored by needles. Sponsored, oh. <laughs> sponsored by hypodermic needles and buckets. Mm-hmm. Get and baby cribs. Oh yeah, buckets, baby cribs, and beetles, needles. I try to do a beetles, little needles, a BBB needle, kind needle, of thing, needle. but it just didn't buckets, beetles. beetles, and bibs. Binky, I gotta fill up my bink with some ice cold water. End it. End it. Okay. End okay. It. okay. End okay. It. That's all. Awesome. Bye. 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 Bye.